0: hey everybody welcome to starting blank today's guest is a 24 year old two-time tedx speaker number one best-selling author after buzz tv host and a serious mental health advocate growing up she struggled with anxiety and panic attacks describing being a prisoner to her own mind's power during her freshman year of college she left school to find her real life's purpose at 20 years old she started speaking at ymcas along with a collection of other small speaking events for free Within three years and a lot of hard work, she landed a TEDx talk and now is traveling the world, speaking, inspiring, and changing the lives of people all over the globe. She aims to spread awareness to teens and the younger generations about mental health and create a safe environment for them to grow, find themselves, and truly live a life of happiness. Welcome to the show, Megan Gallagher.
1: Hello, Sam. Thank you for having me.
0: Megan, thank you for have, or, uh, coming on. Like I'm super pumped to uh, have uh, have this talk, really dive into um, lessons you've learned along the way, and really just dive yeah. into your journey. So to start it off, I'll ask you, what's your first piece of advice that you would give maybe the 18, 19, 20-year-old Megan?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like, do we have like four hours? Like I <laughs> have like a scroll, you know, length of stuff that could cover like four football fields. Um, I would say, honestly, you know, when I... First, when I was 19, I had just left college. I dropped out and I went to community college. I went to Santa Monica City College and I was so unhappy and I was so unfulfilled. And literally, I just remember one day being like, I mean, I just felt like the biggest epiphany. I was like, wait, my purpose, like I meant for something else. I just knew it and I felt it in my gut. And so I just kind of called my parents and talk to them and they were super supportive and they were, you know, very loving and understanding. And they just said, you know, Megan, we love you and we support this and we want you to know that life is just too short. Like we don't want you to ever feel like you're just stuck in something that doesn't make you happy or that you're doing something, you know, just to impress us as your parents or just to help other people. Um, So that was really profound. And I just remember at 19, like I had just left college and I'm like, I don't even, I was like so scared, but I'm like, I know I have this burning desire to help teenagers specifically. And I just had so many like ideas and it just kind of felt right. And it was like, everything was clicking. And I mean, I just remember when I was that young and I mean, I still am young. I'm not like 90 saying like back in the olden days, but like (laughs) when I was 19, I just was, I was just so worried about... How everything would pan out. You know, I was so worried about, you know, like what if, you know, nothing happens. And of course everyone has those thoughts normally, not every single person, but most have those thoughts when they're first starting something new, you know, they're like, well, what if this doesn't work out? And what if I made the mistake and I should have stayed in that job or that security and making that paycheck and, you know, or in that relationship. But I think it's just you can't go wrong when you know you've thought about it for a few months years and it's just you can't shake it it's that gut feeling that intuition in your heart to me you just can't go wrong so even though at 19 I was still really nervous and I'm like where do I start like I don't know any motivational speakers I don't know any authors and can you make money doing this I I really just felt like you know wherever this goes i all I know is it's just right like i just I was like this feels right to me, and so I just kind of kept at it, but I would say i would like the biggest thing for my younger self would be just don't worry about the outcome like just you know focus on what you can get done today, like in one day just you know make make the best of it, like make the best business cards, like use your time, be consistent just. Absorb knowledge, Watch YouTube videos and podcasts about you know who you want to be like, and just literally you know piggyback off of what they're doing. And so I think yeah, just say you know I was just so like nervous, and I was so worried about what if you know all these horrible worst case scenario thoughts, and I just also had this fear of you know, what if I like, you know, have get to 35 and I look back and I've realized I've been working for like 15 years and nothing has happened. But clearly that thankfully didn't happen in my situation. (laughs) So it like my anxiety kind of went away, but I just had so much like fear. Um, but yeah, it's just, I know that's how most people feel when they're first starting something new, but I would just say, you know, like do the best you can and don't get caught up in like, oh, you know what it like, just stay in your lane. Like, don't be like, what is that girl doing? Oh, wait, why can't I be like her? Because then to me, you have just kind of started to go in, I call it like the race to nowhere, where you just are getting lost in what it's not about. And that you're starting to compare yourself. You're starting to feel not good enough. And To me, that's kind of when you lost touch with why you got started in the first place when you're like, oh, but that girl looks that way. So then I have to get, you know, this surgery or whatever it like. And then you start getting into like, oh, but then I have to do that. And then, and it just doesn't become fun anymore when you think, you know, you have to spend all this money doing something or you have to be prettier or you have to be skinnier in order to, that's just, that's not real, but um yeah i i totally know what that feels like because i was that girl i was really insecure at the beginning (laughs) yeah that's that's a fantastic
0: point and i think a lot of a lot of that pressure and a lot of that stress is both self-imposed but then also um when we're young when we're 14 15 16 years old that's one of the most impressionable ages we're at so we're really brought up in an environment that says number one failing is bad so going back to like yeah like, not knowing the what ifs, like, what if I fail, what will happen? We're not really taught to deal with that failure, specifically in school, but even a lot of, like, our parents and coaches and mentors, like, Mm -hmm. we're not really taught that. Um, I know, I know you're a huge advocate about just really informing, like, younger generations about mental health and, like, how to, how to manage stress, and you, you specifically said, like, growing up, we had speakers come in saying drugs are bad, like don't fall into peer pressure. But like no one was teaching mental health. No one was coming into our classes saying, this is how you deal with stress. This is why you don't need to focus on the actual outcome, but you can focus on the process. And that's where the most growth is. Like what really uh, shifted your perspective once that like clicked? of, oh, mental health is something everyone should focus on. And why it's not a it's such like a taboo thing to talk about, especially at a young age of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year olds.
1: Yeah, well, for me, I just remember, you know, I've had anxiety my whole life. <laughs> me and anxiety go way back. We've been in a long term, long distance relationship for a marriage for years. Um, but I remember vividly. I would say that the turning point was kind of the jump from eighth grade, you know, graduation promotion to freshman year of high school, my anxiety just reared up. And I was also old enough and kind of going through puberty to be like, what's going on? You know, like when I was four years old, you know, obviously I don't even know if you can talk at four, but like, I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. But in eighth grade, I just remember kind of as the days were approaching to graduation it just like, I was like, you know, I have these moments when I'm sitting in class or when someone's talking about, you know, just the reality of like, oh, can you sign my yearbook? And all of a sudden it becomes real. And I'm like, wait, like change. You know, I'm so happy here. I don't, I don't want to go somewhere else. And I just had this constant. It's Negative perception of my mind really started believing that change is bad and that change is negative and change equals, you know, like it's going to be horrible. Like you're going to blow up, you're going to die and all these worst case scenario thoughts, but you know, it's just not true because change is the main ingredient of life. And so I just remember feeling 14, 13, and I was so anxious, but I really because there were no open conversations in my school, I didn't even know what was going on. I just felt like I was, my heart was gonna burst. And then I would, you know, ask my teacher, can I have the hall pass? And I would run off to the bathroom and like literally like sit in a stall and just be like, like I had to like calm myself down for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, what was that? And then it would kind of go away. And I was also worried like, you know, am I, gonna be, am I gonna be gone too long? And then my classmates are gonna be like, what's wrong with her? But I would, you know, come back and sit in class and then feel better, and and then I would start to notice my heart rate would get quicker and quicker and quicker, and my palms would get clammy, and I would feel hot and sweaty, and I'm like, is the room spinning, or is it just me? And it was horrible. And then my freshman year of high school, that was when I actually, like, it started affecting my grades and my social life and my eating habits. And... That's when I had to sit my parents down because they were the only people I felt really comfortable going to. But I had to sit them down after dinner one night, and I was like, Okay, (laughs) mom and dad, um, I need help. And I just kind of, you know, word vomited for an hour, trying to my best to describe what was happening. And they were like, Megan, we totally get that. And they kind of just, you know, kind of filled me in on what I'm feeling, it's anticipatory anxiety and it runs in my family. So it's hereditary in my case. And they just kind of like educated me. And I really can't explain the feeling of my parents just being like, you know, they had a name for what I was feeling. Like I thought, you know, I was like making it up or that I was going crazy, but they were like, no, it's like a real thing. It has a name. And So that kind of made me feel better. Um, And then literally the following week, I had my first therapy session. Like They were like, you're going into therapy. We love you. This will help you. So honestly, the rest of high school, I saw a therapist the whole three and a half years, um, but it literally changed my life. And I also remember in high school, there were so many, there were, I would say, I was there 2010 to 2014 and in those four years, I would say there were about 50 students that committed suicide or overdosed from drugs or alcohol. And it was really startling, you know, to just be like, whoa, and no one saw it coming. And these were half of the students, you know, they were like the star athlete, the guy who got straight A's, like, you know, the one that was social and you wouldn't really expect you know that person to end their life or to overdose and so i just remember the way that my school handled it i think was really just not the best they kind of just shoved it you know under the rug like oh okay on to the next because you know i get it scary to talk about it's a very real topic and you don't want to trigger people into doing something but i think i just noticed i was like why don't they talk about it and so that's kind of like the inspiration of just noticing such a lack in my community, in my hometown and you know, from my own feelings, I felt like I was the only person in my whole high school who felt anxious and not good enough and insecure about my body. And I was like, no one else is talking about it. Like my friend group, my teachers, my principals, school counselors, literally no one, maybe once, yeah, like what I said, like every year, in like Christmas time, we would have one assembly and it would just be like this old man who was like 80, who would, you know, hobble up the stairs and be like, say no to drugs kids. And like, you know, but you're like, I can't take this seriously. Like you're trying not to laugh and you're sitting with your friends and you're like texting, you're like, this is the weirdest thing ever. But so, you know, I really just, take like pride in I want to make the conversations really fun and open and I don't want it to feel awkward or like I'm talking about something like she said that and I you know just treating teenagers like the real adults that they are and not you know just treating them like five-year-olds
0: no I I agree and like what you're doing is definitely needed because like we were all teenagers once or we still are or something (laughs) yeah You don't want to sit and watch 40, 50, 60, 70-year-olds no. lecture us about no. why, why no. peer pressure is bad, why drugs are bad. That just makes you want to do drugs more, kids. Like, that's Ex- not yes. the case. So yes, I think like, so I'm reading uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck, um, and she just really dives into um, like the fixed versus growth mindset, uh, especially in school at young ages, yeah. like the teenage yeah. years. You said. Close to fifty people, like, committed suicide with within your your high school. That's a staggering number, and that is just yeah. Uh, it's too often the case. That's that's yeah. not just your school. It's yeah. whether it's East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, all over the globe. So it really shows we have a almost a systematic problem of creating this environment that it's so. Uh, so taboo and so scary mm-hmm. to talk about our problems, especially our mental health. If you're a star athlete, mm-hmm. the last thing you want to worry about is, oh, can I, can I not open up about my feelings, Be- whether it's toxic masculinity right. and going down that whole rabbit hole of a conversation, just the, the conversation yes. just really aren't there. So again, like I commend you for creating that space and creating that environment to allow kids to be comfortable. And I can promise you a bunch of teenagers are going to relate to a 23, 24, 25 year old, much more than an 80 year old preaching them about, Hey, don't <laughs> do drugs, kids. So
1: I we'll, know Applause
0: we'll there. Um, it's,
1: <laughs> thank but, you. <clears throat> you know, it's like, it's just, I, I don't know, like I, I just feel like it's what I meant to do. Like, I, I remember when I was in high school, you know, so many times going to like the college career counselor center and, you know, they're like, Megan, you're a junior. It's like every, you know, day closer to graduation and the next thing, and you're going to be, you know, shoved off into the real world. And I was like, why? I just was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I remember feeling also so much guilt of like, you know, just the reaction I would get when people are like, well, what college do you want to go to? Where did you get into? And what do you want to do with your life? And I'm like, I'm only 14. I don't know. But I remember feeling like it it wasn't okay to not know. And like, it was a bad thing. And also, you know, I didn't know what my career would be. And to me, you know, nothing else makes sense in the world. Because I, I genuinely struggled for years and years and years and years and I it like affected every area of my life. And so I feel like it just makes sense, you know, for me to just really have this mission of I want to change the public school system and I want to inspire teenagers to one, you know, follow their passions, but two, if they are feeling anxious or depressed or just like they're not good enough or they think you know I come from this kind of a family this kind of a background I don't think I can achieve that like I just want them to know that doesn't exist like that's not real like I want them to you know look at me as someone of like oh my gosh she overcame you know all of this anxiety and no I didn't grow up you know in a rough neighborhood and I didn't like experience that kind of stuff but I just want them to feel, you know, oh, like I connect with her, like I resonate on a certain level enough to where they're like, okay, wow, you know, this actually like hit home and I'm taking away something and I feel like just less alone. That's all I want. Because I know when you're a teenager, you don't really want to, you know, talk to your parents all the time. and You know, you don't want them to come in and be like, hey, Johnny. So, you know, the birds and the bees or something like that. And, Um, I just want them to feel comfortable enough to like, you know, DM me or just message me or email me and to know that I'm not going to judge and just that like it, you will get through it and it will pass. And there are so many ways to feel better, whether that's taking medication, going to see a therapist, or just kind of starting more of a, you know, healthy self-care routine throughout the day it's just, it is possible to feel better, and I just, you know, I really, really, really want them to know that.
0: No, and that's that's awesome, and kind of going back to our, our main theme of, um, like, what are some tactical steps that these kids, or really anyone listening to, can implement into their lives to really just accelerate their path and their own journey, so I know you touched on uh, like don't focus on the outcome. We're we're yeah. really programmed to focus on the outcome. And that kind of skips all of the learning and all of the growth in between. So that was really mm-hmm. your your first point. And then the second point was really like, be yourself. Like there's, there's it's so easy to compare yourself to so many other people. Yeah. Whether you're in middle school, high school, college, you're a senior executive in whatever company, like everyone across the spectrum compares themselves. So like Really, digging into what makes you unique um, is is like how you stand out, and that 's how you how you uh, be happy essentially what yeah. What else do you got what 's like that like that third piece of like what can oh what gosh. can kids do? what can we do to make our lives better and really accelerate that that journey and that growth
1: I would say you know because we live in a world where there's so much tech and social media and everything is like so fast paced, I would say you know, don't, don't just think like, oh, this is just how the way, you know, how the world works. This is just how it is in 2020. But, you know, just be self-aware enough to realize, okay, so, you know, I, I, right when I woke up, I just jumped on my phone. I started scrolling on Snapchat or Instagram. And then, you know, really, really, really notice how does it make you feel? Like, do you start feeling worse about yourself or like you're like that awful feeling of just like you're missing out? You didn't get invited, and then you get that pin in your stomach and that sadness. Really pay attention to, you know, okay, so I mean, like, you know, I had a negative reaction, or my body's trying to tell me something that, you know, this isn't good and it doesn't make me happy. And then you, you know, you have like 23 hours left in the day, and all of a sudden you're like, It's not even, you know, like eight, 9 AM and you already feel like defeated and like you want to give up and just like, well, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a nobody, whatever it is. And it's just really, you know, filling up your cups. Start, I think starting off your day, just a, a lot of people say it, but I really think it's a really powerful tool when you start off your day, either meditating or going on a run or being in nature. EFT tapping, binaural beats. You can go on YouTube and type in like five minute guided meditation. Um, Just, you know, listening to your body and I think just noticing, you know, oh, that didn't make me feel good. So I'm not going to do it again, just because it's in right now or it's trendy or, you know, everyone else is doing it. Just you know, remembering that, um, that it's good and it's okay to not be like everyone else. And just because, you know, all your friends are up till 2am, you know, watching Netflix and Snapchatting and all that stuff. If that doesn't work for you and you're tired, and ex- then just don't do it. Like you don't have to, you know, I think just the the keeping up, it's like, you don't have to keep up with anything. You- to be your best self and do, you know, what makes you feel good. Um, I think also, I think setting emotional boundaries with people is really, really, really helpful. I, I remember in high school, I just, my anxiety was horrible and I felt like a way, cause I, I only told my parents, like my friend group, I didn't tell anyone cause I was so embarrassed by it. And I thought it was like, you know, this like gross, ugly, <laughs> hidden thing if anyone found out you know then I would not get invited to any party like I just thought the world would end if anyone found out because I thought people would view me as like you know it's weird like you have a disability or you're not special ed but like something like that where you're like that's weird she's not cool so I feel like I just became you know I became like the goofy funny class clown like super extrovert and that is how I am but I feel like I almost you know, was the really funny girl to, like, try to deflect and, like, literally make it impossible for people to try to be like, she has anxiety? Like, of all people, like, you wouldn't really think. Um, And I just remember I was such a people pleaser. I, you know, I was just constantly, like, feeling, you know, this, oh, people can't find out, so I have to, you know, hey, do you want to ride to this party? Hey, do you want some food, some money, some you know, I just became everyone's therapist and I was, you know, just spending so much time just, you know, listening to other people cry, like (laughs) the friends in my group and just so many things where I just didn't, you know, I wasn't setting like healthy boundaries with people. And I think as a teenager, that's super important to instill is, you know, when you are that young, you're coming into your own and you're forming your identity and you're exploring and getting to know yourself. So I think just setting boundaries and being comfortable speaking up and telling people, Hey, you know, I don't appreciate that. Or, Hey, that's not cool. Or, you know, just having like a strong sense of self will save you a lot of time and energy and not doing things just because it's cool. Like I know that that's so hard as a teenager because that's just, you're in it. But, you know, keeping in mind, it's literally, I swear when you're in high school, it feels like your whole entire world. But when like you leave high school, you just realize, you know, that time it's like 2% of your life. It's like the tip of an iceberg and there's so much else out there for people. And yeah, just, you know, loving yourself um, and just respecting yourself, respecting your body and not feeling pressured to do things. And, you know, just if you do feel like you are struggling with anxiety or depression or anything, and I think we as humans, we're really smart. And I think we kind of know when we do need help. And I think we just know, like, you know, I've been struggling for a while. I feel really anxious or I wake up, you know, with a pit in my stomach and my mind is like, oh my gosh, the to-do list, the never ending, or, you know, you just feel like, oh, it's 11am. So, you know, I have to get anxious because yesterday, whatever it is, um, just know that like you are literally doing yourself the biggest favor you could ever do by asking for help and just seeking advice or treatment. And it just, it saves lives when people know that, you know, they should ask for help and that it's a really powerful thing. And it does not mean you're weak or that anything else. It means you're quite the opposite. It means you're really strong because it takes a strong person to sit down and literally say, I need help. Like that's a real, that's a really special thing. So I think, yeah, just all the above. (laughs) I don't remember what I said, but yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. And I think one of the most profound things uh, in my life that I've experienced is like really having a morning routine, like really having a daily routine of like, Hey, what can I do today to make my life better? Whether that's meditating, whether that's working out, whether that's going on a walk, journaling, Um, Just writing down things I'm grateful for. So this whole really world of like self-development of Mm -hmm. really like how do I become the best version of myself? I didn't really tap into that until recently, until past year, two yeah. years, and I'm, I'm 20 right now, so that was, again, after high school, so 18, 19, 20 years old, when I really started discovering, oh, this is how I can make my life better, like, here are the mm-hmm. tangible things I can uh, implement into my life to literally change my, my brain and my, like, neurochemistry of, like, how yeah. I think. And, like, once I realized the power of the brain, um, going back to, like, the original point of, like, when you felt prisoner to your own mind's power, that's super, super powerful because so many people in in high school, in middle school – their brains are still developing and they're so, so strong and so powerful. But mm-hmm. again, going back to the environment, the, the environment creates really their brain pathways of like, yeah. how, how much can they express their brains and like that, the true capabilities. Yeah. But no one's, we're not taught how to meditate on how to manage stress. <sighs> how to manage our time, how to go on walks and why nature is important and how to rewire negative thoughts. And this whole, again, whole list of four football fields yeah. long of like self-development yeah. tactics and tasks that you can do. Um, we're not taught that in school. So yeah. that's like, that blows my mind. So, um, when you, when you said like morning routine, I'm like, yeah, that's, that was literally never taught. Um, you seem like you're saying something
1: (laughs) no I'm just I mean I'm like I could talk about this for like days upon days but like you know I really just feel that if high schools and I, I get the importance of having basic math and English you know science I get that we all need to know what one plus one is I understand but like you know there's a lot of stuff that I never use in my real adult life. I I don't use decimals and ratios and pi and fra- like really, I mean, unless you're like a contractor or I don't know, someone who uses like a s- astronaut or something, I don't know. But I just think if high schools, you know, spent their time, like just gave teenagers the time to explore their passions. So then once they graduated, they felt like, oh, You know, I, one, I know it's okay to change passions my whole life. I understand that that's a good thing and it's not a bad thing, but two, you know, right now I'm really into like, you know, working with animals or whatever it is. And I know that that's what I want to pursue right now. I feel like that to me, just setting them up for that confidence and that happiness, that's so much more successful than just, you know, here's a degree, here's a diploma, And I just feel like so many, you know, young adults get to college and they're just like, what do I do? You know, like, I mean, it's still like a giant question mark. They're like, no one taught me, you know, how to manage my time. Or like you said, how to meditate, how to tell if I'm happy. Like, no one has a class on that. So when so many teenagers get to college and post-college, you know, they like, freak out. And a lot of people have that like quarter life crisis where they, there's nothing wrong with this, but so, you know, some people move back home and they're just like, I don't know what to do because I don't think they were really set up, you know, here's how to kind of meditate and tune everything out and ask your own self, you know, like I have the answers within, I think, you know, people can also get overwhelmed when, just, you know, they ask, you know, what's your opinion? Should I do that? Should I do that? And they hear 4,000, you know, different people's opinions. And then they're still left sitting and they're like, I I still don't know what I want to do. So it's really, really, really important to just, I think, just start that relationship with listening to your intuition and what just, when you know really quickly, oh, that feels right. And that's a no. And you just have that like creative, you know, the juices are flowing and you just, you know, what, you want to do that's just a really powerful tool that will help you the rest of your life it will help you you know choose the right partner for marriage and the right you know just living situation the right job just based on how it feels to you and if it makes you happy I think that is like the key to life
0: (laughs) yeah like talking about talking about intuition a little bit and really subconscious mind so obviously you have your your conscious mind of like what we're thinking like when we're when we're awake, when we're going through our day, like just our normal thoughts. Um, But then we also have the subconscious and the subconscious is really where most of our decision-making is actually formed. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, we're not taught to how do you train your subconscious mind? What can you do before bed or before meditation to uh, really program your mind and really like reverse engineer your goals of like, okay, like a one thing like i've really changed like going every night i go to bed and every Mm -hmm. uh time before meditating i i really try hard to set an intention of like okay what's my intention uh tonight and like if you go to bed and that's the last thing you you tell yourself maybe you want to find clarity in business um and that might be your intention for the week or intention for the day if that is your last thought when you go to bed instead of scrolling on TikTok for two hours like your subconscious works and your your mind is always working same exact thing with with meditation that's why people say oh let me sleep on it because yes on it uh makes their subconscious work and sometimes just ideas pop into your mind when you're when you're in those uh those deep states um i was just wondering if you have any tips or tricks to really uh, help program your subconscious or really tap into your uh, intuition?
1: I would say just, you know, for me, I think I make my best choices and decisions. I think I make my best decisions when right in the morning, either... Or, you know, before something, if I feel like I can't make my mind up and I just, I need to feel like connected and kind of like in my body and just like really in the present moment, either I will do breath work, just, you know, really a lie on a yoga mat, like lying down. And it's kind of like this three step series where you push your stomach out and you like, like you just do really deep, like belly breathing for like 10 minutes straight. And it's kind of crazy because it's kind of like the Wim Hof, you know, breathing Mm. technique where you kind of feel like you could pass out, but you're like, no, I'm fine. It just, it really, really, really helps just recirculate your blood flow and kind of, you know, get more clarity. So I like doing that because naturally I'm an overthinker. So I feel like doing that breath work, it kind of, you know, pulls me back to this is the present moment you know, my thoughts can kind of wander and I feel like super on autopilot and I'm like, wait, what day is it? What was I going to do? But then I'm like, nope, Megan, come back present moment. This is all I can control. You know, let's make good choices today. Um, I also love going in nature. You know, if I know that I need just, I want to like right now I'm working on a new book and I know you know, being in Nashville, like there's so much nature. So every morning I've been, you know, just going on a run and just being in the mountains and by a lake and really just, it feels just good. (laughs) I I don't know what about nature, like Mm -hmm. scientifically, I'm sure it's kind of like the thing where you go to the beach and it releases like negative or positive ions or something. And it's like chemically good for you, but something about just nature, you just feel like, connected, I don't even know, grounded, connected in your roots. And it just feels really, really awesome. Um, So those are my two go-to things, just the breath work, being in nature. And I also think trusting your gut feeling and kind of building that relationship. It's really, really powerful to just start practicing, like playing a game, you know, in your life when, let's say, someone invites you to a random party on a Friday night and you're like, they're like, hey, haven't heard from you in a while, blah, blah, blah. This person, like, let me know if you wanna go. Just like pausing for like 45 seconds and just trusting that first response, like kind of in your body, how does it feel right away? To me, I imagine, you know, like my body's like a spectrum. Like if I feel it in my chest, like up here, like it feels expanded and I feel good. To me, I want to do that. But if my immediate gut feeling is just a pit in my stomach and I'm like, "Mm." and I mean, I don't know what about gut feelings. Like I have no idea how they exist or what they really are, but I've had many moments like when I was a teenager where I had like Real, I was like, I have a really bad feeling about something. And I didn't know why or I had no evidence. I was like, am I insane or am I a prophet or psychic? But, and then most of the time it turns out, you know, your gut feeling is right. And so I think if people just give themselves the space and allow themselves to just start, what's my first response? And then you kind of, because basically I think all it is is, It's like a radio station you just haven't tuned into it in a long time so it's just you know tuning that dial and strengthening it up because i think that inner voice subconscious is always there but i think you know in reality just as we get older like when we're children you know our imaginations are huge and we're so open and then it's just you know as we get older some people more than others but we just get more closed off, you know, and more realistic and all that stuff. So I think we kind of slowly, you know, kind of push down the gut feeling, the like, what feels right to me and what makes me happy. Um, but yeah, I think just giving yourself, you know, what's that first response. And I'm not saying for everything, like if you're ordering pizza on the phone and you're like, should I get pepperoni or, you know, (laughs) what's my gut feeling if it doesn't tell me I'm going to die. But like, um, just, you know, just trusting that because I think like the best example I can give is when I was in high school, like I dated a guy and it was a really bad relationship. It was really negative and very toxic and very just not good, healthy. And I just remember like the moment I met him, my gut feeling was like, no, No, like it just, I, it was like this radar alarm, you know, going off of like, and I didn't know what it was. Like, I thought it was like the butterflies, you know, when you get a crush on someone and you're like, Ooh, this to me, I was like, no, it's okay. And every time, you know, he would text me or my stomach, it was like, when you're dropping in an elevator, just that like lurch, I was like, what is this? I didn't even know what, what was happening. And I was like, well, nothing's bad in the relationship. Like, you know, what, what, what is this feeling? But it's just crazy because that (laughs) ended very quickly, but it's just like, my body kind of knew what was going to happen before things started getting weird. But that's just the best example I can give is just like, you just can't shake that feeling of like, I don't know, you know, and then I feel like we start to feel, you know, like bad. And we start to guilt ourselves of like, well, I don't know that person. I shouldn't judge them. I'm being mean, but it's like, I think our, you know, we just know, Oh, you like, you just meet someone for the first time and you're like, I don't know what it is about that person, but they just rub you the wrong way or the opposite. And you're like, this person, I feel like I've, you know, known them for 5,000 years, but, um, I think it's just you know allowing.
0: I I love that, and um, this conversation has flown by to say the least.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've talked the whole
0: time. No, like this, you've you've dropped some serious knowledge bombs. Um, I've absolutely loved every second of it.
1: Oh my and gosh, Sam, you're the we, best.
0: <laughs> as we kind of like get to the get to the ends of the and the ends of the episodes. I like the guest to really just think big. And like, if you had the chance to essentially start a new world or essentially start blank, like how would you want to structure, um, whether it's what we learn or how society is or like, what is like the perfect world of your mind?
1: Oh my gosh. I feel like the perfect world is just, mm, I think no it's wrong a, answers. I know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong. Um, I think the perfect world is one where there's just like less judgment. I think it's just we're more open-minded and more accepting because I think it starts within first. So I think more accepting of ourselves and loving of ourselves. And I think we would like, we live in a world where every single person like has to get or has to do, you know, inner work therapy, whatever it is, but just, I think self-improvement like is a mandatory thing before I'm imagining like this, like Hunger Games, like post-apocalyptic, like Mm -hmm. you have to battle for, you know, like food, but just a mat, a world where, you know, before age 18, you have to like do you know just like the inner child work or whatever it is I think to prepare you for you know meeting the right just whatever happens when you're an adult is just mandatory you know healing anything from your childhood or any type of baggage or just kind of you know cleansing and healing that and then so you can start your adulthood kind of like not a blank slate but just I don't know. You're happier and you're not, you know, carrying so much heavy stuff your whole life. And then you're like, wait, you know, I could have just kind of taken off the backpack. Like it didn't serve me anymore.
0: That's, that's amazing. And where, where can people find you?
1: So, um, I'm on everything. So I have Instagram at Megan m-e-g-a-n-w gallagher g-a-l-l-a-g-h-e-r just like the show shameless um uh, so that's my username megan w gallagher on everything like youtube facebook twitter instagram um linkedin it's just megan gallagher and then i have uh what else do i have i have um podcast Yes, I have, thank you for reminding me, Sam. Um, I have my podcast, Reaching New Heights, very exciting. Um, Sam in Blank Slate has been doing an incredible job of editing all of my clips, and they are literally the best people ever. I also have my website, meganwgallagher.com. That's where my blogs are about parenting and mental health and teenagers. I also have my books available on my website. I have contact info, my email, um, just, you know, kind of like my speaking reel where I've been featured. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fun stuff in the works currently working on a new book. Super exciting. It's a good quarantine project. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's it. Yeah. Do <laughs>
0: you get any sneak peeks of the new book? What is it about? Any, anything?
1: So I don't want to drop too much. The title is a secret, but I know what it is. Um, but basically it is going to be a hard cover, like a real deal book um, based on kind of like my life but with a really fun twist where it's kind of like fictiony and just about this you know like teenage girl who's like I imagined kind of like not a superhero comic but just going through life and like feeling anxious but then you know she like up levels and she you know conquers her fears and still you know goes after her dreams um, which is kind of like real life (laughs) like currently full circle but um, yeah it's it's also like I just want to drop this out there like this this is just to me is so crazy how manifesting is so real like I grew up in a very tiny town East Bay Area Lafayette very tiny like a just kind of farm suburban really tiny town every day in high school I would race home and literally turn on like you know MTV and I would watch Rob Dyrdek's Fantasy Factory Mm -hmm. ridiculousness you know MTV The Buried Life and Oprah and Ellen and all of these shows Cause to me, academics, I'm like, eh, I don't like that, but I love this and it was so stimulating for me. And like now it's so full circle because, you know, living in LA, like I know people and I know you know people, we all know people who know, you know, Rob and all these people. And I mean, it's just, it's really is crazy. Cause I used to literally religiously watch that. And I'm like, I don't know who, what, when, where, why, how, but I want to just do something so similar to this. And I just felt that at like 14. And manifesting is real. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will say that.
0: No, I, I couldn't agree more. And like, Casey is like a perfect example of like, yes, I I, watch I love Casey. Casey. Casey Adams, if you're watching this, shout out to you. Um, but like, that was a dude that I've been like following for years and I'm like, how do you get to like that level so young And I was kind of just like, yeah, that dude's on a different different planet. But now it's like, oh dope. He's a he's kind of a homie. And like we chat and like I help him edit videos. And like it's he's just a dude. Like he's just a normal dude. And it's just like you said, everything comes full circle. So it's so so
1: he's he's such a boss though. He's
0: like (laughs) (laughs) shout out, shout out Tracy. Well, Megan, thank you so much for hopping on. Good yeah. pleasure. We'll probably have to do another episode because I feel like we could talk for hours. But I really appreciate you, uh, yeah. hopping on. and uh, definitely uh, make sure to follow Megan on any any social medias. All of her links will be in the show notes below. Um, so definitely check her out. And uh, any last words, Megan? Thank you.
1: I would just say <laughs> to anyone listening, just I just believe, like believe that anything can happen anytime. That's what my mom always tells me. Cause I think, you know, we as humans can get, you know, so in our own heads that we like forget, you know, how much we are actually accomplishing and how, you know, successful we actually are. So I would say just like, don't forget, you know, keep your mind and your heart open to like miracles and blessings and just like, just, you know, stay open-minded and just really know that like, okay, you know, you could be going about your day feeling like, oh, nothing's happening for me. You could go to CVS, And then in the aisle, boom, you know, there's Oprah when, like, I'm not kidding. Like I like to believe in that kind of stuff that like anything can happen and you go up to her. I mean, it's like, who knows? So I think just keeping that kind of like childlike just sense of like, oh my gosh, you know, anything can happen if I actually think about it and, you know, getting those like imagination wheels turning, I think is really fun.
0: I love it. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and until next time, (sighs) peace out.